0: Welcome back to the Sophos Naked Security Podcast. I'm Anna Brading and I'm here with Sophos experts Mark Stockley, hello, Paul Ducklin, hello, folks, and Greg Fidoeden. Hi there. How's uh, how are you all doing? Super. Everyone, everyone okay?
1: Yeah. Under the circumstances,
2: I miss outdoors. Yeah. I do. I'm only. We're only allowed a very short, brief sort of unit of exercise from the government, so uh, it's not quite the same. I uh, I miss rambling through the rolling countryside.
1: <laughs> an hour has been mentioned by Mr Gove as uh, walking time.
0: And now is enough time, time for a little ramble. Mark, you all right? You're very quiet? Yeah, um, never
1: mind your walking.
3: My irrigation system is in, and that's all I care about.
0: Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> has everyone got pillow forts? adequate pillow, pillow forts today? I think I've thought it would
3: be an over-exaggeration. Maybe uh, it's for you, more Mark. Of a Maybe a, a a small stronghold,
0: a guard tower. <laughs> you think of your your guard tower can uh, can be guarding my pillow fort, because mine is spectacular.
1: So, if we, Mark, if we hear a giant crash during the middle of the podcast, it means your guard fort sank into the swamp, I suppose.
3: Yeah, it's not unlikely that my uh, drum stool microphone <laughs> pillow combination. <laughs>
0: Isn't going to make it effort. all the
3: way through the podcast.
0: <laughs> so as usual, we have picked the top three stories from the week to discuss on the podcast. Coming up on today's show, Greg's going to be talking about hackers hacking hackers. Mark wonders if improving security is always the right choice. And Duck's going to be discussing the danger of jumping to conclusions in these uncertain times. But before all that, here's a quick roundup of a few other stories from the last week or so. Mozilla has pushed out an update for Firefox to patch a zero-day hole. That's one that's already been exploited in the world, of course. This concerns CVE twenty twenty six eight one nine and CVE twenty twenty six eight two zero. And Mozilla said the following. Under certain under certain conditions, when running the NS dock shell destructor, or when handling a readable stream for the other one, a race condition can cause a use after free. We're aware of targeted attacks in the world abusing this flaw. Uh, Obviously, we don't know how long ago the bug was found by attackers, how they're exploiting it, what they're doing with it, or who has been attacked. But what we do know is that you must make sure you're on the latest version of Firefox. We're all remote these days, and we've seen how creative people have been at trying to live our normal lives within the four walls of our houses. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. If you Sorry, could norm. see my drumstool what? microphone <laughs> pillow set up,
0: and my full pillow fort. I, fooled, you, I feel
3: like I've set new levels of creativity. <laughs>
0: Well, we had a virtual Grand National here, of course, in the UK after the race got cancelled as a result of coronavirus, the horse race. We're doing our gym casters remotely, some of us are. And those of us who exercise competitively, not me, have been finding ways to do that remotely. Um, in a virtual Ironman competition, one triathlete was knocked out of the race after her husband literally pulled the cord. Former triathlon world champion Mirinda Kerfrey was second in the race until her husband tripped and disconnected the power of her bike <laughs> <laughs> that
1: lost- hang on hang on isn't that cheating i thought ha- well, having a bike plugged shoot. into electricity
0: she had a smart bike guys and uh that lost the connection to the race but she still finished pedaling the 55 miles um and it was being streamed live on social media so her husband held up a sign saying my bad i can imagine that uh there were a few words being said afterwards. I'd have been like, what are you doing? How do you do the swimming
1: part of a triathlon at home? Do you have to get in the bath?
0: I don't know. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. If, you know, know. if you
1: know, tell us, because I'm intrigued know. to know.
0: That's true. Sorry, I wonder Mark? if
1: they still draw
3: numbers on themselves.
0: I hope so. I hope so. They wax pain Just to get in the mood (laughs) Finally And I know This is going to bring you A lot of joy I hope As if the world Couldn't get any weirder At the moment I bring you a new form Of identification Butthole scanning
3: (laughs) I'm sorry Sorry
0: it's not funny Mark okay it's a serious project that has been developed by Stanford University scientists okay Uh, the toilet is uh, well sorry I should say mm, the device is full of sensors and cameras and works by taking images of your urine and stools so doctors can monitor your health It's impressive actually The sensors can help identify signs for various cancers As well as gut disorders and liver diseases um, And it automatically detects Whether it's going to be a, a liquid or a solid And it adapts accordingly So for example if you're doing a number one It'll load up an extended testing strip To take your <laughs> urine sample. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And the cameras, uh, the cameras take pictures of your deposits To check that they look healthy so, so that's yeah. Sorry,
3: I'm going to interrupt you here. <laughs> Please do, because this is this is weirdly this is actually a great idea. Because like, you can tell a lot about someone's state of health from they can. the things that they leave behind. Uh, but if you're going to tell me this is not funny, I would like to wheel my nine-year-old boy in here, and I want you to say "butthole <laughs> scanner," and then we will time how long it takes him to stop laughing. I don't okay? think and we're we going to need a calendar because it. <laughs> it's not going to be a short time.
0: I I don't think you need to uh, wheel in a, ni- a nine-year-old boy because I feel like I've done enough laughing today. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the story we needed right now. Exactly isn't
0: it? right. So um, they uh, so. Back to the butthole scanner, right? So they're yeah, scanning please, your blues, yeah. they're, they're, they're <laughs> assessing your urine, um, but they need to know who's using the toilet, right? Um, because they need to know who to allocate the health data to. DNA scanning. House... So yeah, they originally decided to use a fingerprint scanner on the flush to track this, but we all... Not everybody... Put
3: your germs here.
0: <laughs> Not everybody flushes <laughs> the loo, do they? Do they, Mark? I beg
1: your pardon.
0: <laughs> Not everybody flushes the loo. So, hang on a minute. So, this is
1: a toilet so clever it can take a picture up you, but it can't flush the toilet automatically when you stand up.
0: They did actually. They did to say, saying that they did have invent some that had automatic flushes. So they needed a different way of identifying people. Bringing here you go, introducing the butthole scanner or an anal print identification system, which uses a camera to record a quick video of your.
2: Starfish.
3: undercarriage
0: <laughs> <You're>... oh. <laughs> please
2: yeah. this is one of those first, first times where like high tech technology I do not want to end up in my phone so what, it's
0: a... I'm going I'm to be one of the first.
2: <laughs> is there an app for that sorry I'm just trying to unlock my phone excuse me everyone <laughs>
0: there we go
1: so this is a brown eye scanner right basically oh yes, yes. <laughs> I mean it re- but it really is it's like retina scanning upside down kind of <laughs>
0: Yes, it's, um, it's from quite the brilliant, really. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, so one of the scientists, Sanjeev Gambir, said that it turns out your anal print is unique. Who knew? Um, and actually, well... The, I so they, how they found that out. <laughs> well, the, apparently the recognition was uh, system was very accurate at telling users apart, although they have only used it on 10 users so far. I don't know but if, if many, anyone wants to volunteer.
3: How many do you have to look at? In order to exactly. say with confidence that they're unique.
0: Exactly. And what happens if there <sighs> are twins or people in the same family? People oh. in the same family might have similar ones. I don't know. I've never compared mine to anyone else's.
3: Do, does anyone <laughs> else can't... think there may be too many different forms of authentication
1: available these days?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till <laughs> this time to... The humble password is much
2: underrated, I think.
1: <laughs> as long as this doesn't catch Bring on in the bank, password. I'm going to be OK with it.
2: <laughs> Can we just take a moment of, you know, just to to recognize that there's some poor students that are having to work on this research project and probably have to review all this uh, content this toilet generates? Oh, I'm
1: so sorry. I'm sorry. This
3: is 100% one of their ideas. No sympathy from me here. There's there's no way this wasn't a student idea.
1: The most telling part of this project is so far they only have 10 volunteers, maybe telling them it's not the best idea in the world.
0: So I have two comments on this story. First of all, I am very, very grateful for it because at the moment it's <laughs> such a depressing time in the world. And reading about this new method of scouting actually made me laugh a lot. Um, and uh, secondly, have I hope that they've baked security in because I really don't want my anal print or my poo slash... Weeze released, you know, I don't want that in a data dump somewhere. Dump. I see what you did there. I think. Oh yeah. Oh, should, uh,
3: should we just end the podcast there? Because I just I can't see how any of the stories are gonna
0: Just everybody stop listening now.
3: Yeah. Um, Everyone's Googling now.
0: Exactly. We'll put a link to Thanks it. Thanks for listening. Show you
3: can find me at Internet of Hens on Instagram. <laughs>
0: Fido, you were going to talk to us about hackers going to hack.
2: Yeah, sorry, just get bear with me whilst I uh, kind of Put come back to you. Put your
0: trousers back up. <laughs> that's the most ridiculous.
2: That's the most ridiculous bit of technology I've ever heard of. I just also, you know, like what was it, fake Greg, app what's and this all that photo I've just got from you.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, my I can't identify. Do so you can I log don't in know. As me. <laughs>
2: Can you imagine your last pass just full of buttholes? (laughs) Oh, okay. That really has made my day. What an amazing story. Thanks for that, Anna. Okay. Yes. I am going to be talking about hackers that are hacking hackers. Hacking hackers, hack. Oh, this is like a limerick, isn't it? Hackers, hacking hackers, which makes me happy. Right. And I'll be honest. I I do enjoy these kind of stories because it's like watching burglars, burgle burglars or murderers, murdering murderers and so on. Um. In a game where there are no winners, I'm quite glad that the losers are a bunch of losers. So this is a story uh, titled oh. Hacking, oh, sorry, Hackers Forum Hacked, OG Users Database Dumped by uh, our wonderful writer Lisa Vass. So let me set the scene for you. OG users known as OGU or OGU by its members is a forum popularized by those specializing in hijacking or stealing people's accounts. Uh, Your Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts, uh, PlayStation Network, Steam, Domino's Pizza, the list goes on. And they've got a bit of notoriety for trading in SIM swapped stolen phone numbers, as well as things like Bitcoin wallets. So ultimately, it's just a bad marketplace for bad people. And on the 2nd of April, OG users admin Ace uh, posted on the forum stating that they've been breached by a hacker that was able to find a vulnerability in the avatar uploading feature of their forums. From that, they're able to establish a remote shell and then they were able to steal the entire forum's database. But Uh things get crazier, right? Because that's, I mean, firstly, now we have a whole data breach about a bunch of people that's sort of fraternizing in in devious circles. Um, But also within a few hours of this data breach sort of being announced, by Ace, a rival hacking forum dumped the OG users' database of about two hundred thousand users. And worse, it also seems that the users' passwords were either not encrypted or were using some kind of weak hashing algorithm. As <laughs> over a hundred thousand of the two hundred thousand users already had their passwords cracked and dumped as part of this leak. But wait, uh- there's more. <laughs> so, from uh, I, I just want to quote something from Admin Ace's uh, Admin Ace's sort of blog, uh, post on the forum. He said, "You must." realize other sites such as Twitter, Facebook, Dropbox, forums you have used in the past, and many more have been breached at least once. People are targeting the sites 365 days a year. Again, I am deeply sorry this has occurred, and I will do my best to make sure it never happens again. But, now this is me now speaking, this isn't the first time this has happened to OG users. This is the second time. So I think it was back in May 2019, the site faced an outage. So they were kind of down for a while. And supposedly it was due to a hard drive failure. And it basically left them with like months of private forum posts and prestige points and other things all just lost. So they restored a backup of the forum from, I think it was January uh, 2019. But it turns out that actually they'd suffered a a theft of the entire database by this group called Raid Forums. And again, in that instance too, they mocked OG users' admins and their use of the MD5 passwords as they dumped the database on of their forum and shared that data breach again. So like I I just like this idea. There's these two evil groups clearly wasting each other's times by attacking each other, which is great. Waste their times, you know, being, you know, attacking each other uh, versus giving them lots of free time to go out and be idiots. But also these people that are so good at cracking and breaking into other systems and making like the most trivial of (laughs) ridiculous of mistakes, like still using MD5 uh, sort of password hashing, which I assume they're being, you know, the reason why all these passwords are so easily cracked is they're using rainbow tables or something. And again, MD5's been well known to be pretty insecure for storing passwords for quite some time especially without even something as basic as salted you know actually salting the hashes while you're doing it but yeah I, I don't know what do you guys think i think it's a great story of just hackers wasting each other's time it's fantastic what else was
1: in the breach greg and you know, was it just details about other people on the forum uh, which presumably would include infiltrator accounts like law enforcement or was it data that was up for sale about innocent third fourth fifth parties as well
2: I mean as far as I can see um it looks like it was just the forum's database itself so it'd be I imagine forum posts but it would be the da- the users usernames and passwords and so
1: on and it's and it's 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 fascinating that it's uh, you know they they use the avatar upload so presumably they've You can imagine them having, I don't know, um, um, WordPress, doesn't have to be WordPress, could be anything, and having some kind of image upload plugin that they haven't updated for 345 years, which is a very common way of letting people upload images. But actually, they don't check it's an image, and it's a PHP script, which is the shell. Are you implying that they haven't (laughs) been keeping up with their updates, Doug? (laughs)
2: But it's also surely this is some of the similar ways they've been going around and breaching other, you know, like businesses and users to get access to their systems. Must be abusing these kind of trivial flaws. Yet they're suggesting that yeah they got uh, you know a t- taken over because someone abused the avatar uploading. And as Ducks alluding to what that probably means is someone was just able to upload a malicious file through the uh, avatar upload and then knowing what the URL would be when it's uploaded, just access it and bam they're able to run something on a remote system. It's uh it, it is quite hilarious. It just shows that even the bad guys do not understand security and yes they may good at bre- be, be good at breaking it but they're not at all good at making what's it what's weird either.
1: is he seems to have got two hundred thousand users back uh what a year after the last breach so maybe he doesn't care because like it doesn't seem to have done his business any harm
0: yeah true
3: i've got a, i've got a message for the people who administer this website Go so guys you it you've been breached twice In under a year, and so I think that I think I've identified some sort of problem with your uh, with your system, and I think maybe what you need to consider is a is a more effective form of authentication. Oh no, passwords (laughs) are very (laughs) passe, and I I think it's time (laughs) time to move away from passwords entirely. And you need to investigate some really modern form of authentication that you could Mm. use instead. What could that be, Mark? I happen to have heard <laughs> of a very promising new technology which <laughs> I think you, you should <laughs> you should implement as I quickly think, as you can on your hacking forum.
0: Actually, you know how you know if there's a if there's something new that comes out in the security world we we might go and investigate it try try it out. Maybe. I just wondered if any of you guys wanted to volunteer yourselves first to try out the old butthole stuff. Oh,
2: shogger knot. Shogger
0: I feel what? like
2: Greg already did, didn't he? About five minutes
0: ago. <laughs> no, that was just a selfie, and it's not okay, Greg, to send that to me, okay?
3: <laughs> yeah. Put it on Twitter like everyone else, please. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. So um, that's Mark's advice Have you got any Have you got yeah, any Yeah like uh,
2: There is some <laughs> advice Some of it was actually Some advice from the forum Over to themselves So they were basically Telling their users Please enable Two-factor authentication Which I thought was great Because you know uh, th- th- this is <laughs> the Please enable Two-factor
3: authentication Our password hashing Is really subpar Yeah yeah
2: it's really awful <laughs> This reminds me There was like an app Ages ago That basically said When you went to Create an account It said please don't use a, a password Like an important password here We didn't spend a lot of money On the security <laughs> <laughs> Also Also <laughs> it's- This forum Forum's full of hackers. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> exactly. If you, the one place, it's literally yeah. crawling with them.
2: <laughs> so yeah, they advise you to use two fa. So I mean, yeah, but I mean, we we constantly preach about making sure you're using two factor authentication wherever you can. Um, the most important uh, bit of advice, and this goes really heavily at the moment. There's been tons of stories popping up from the from the house party app, you know, situation and so on. Just don't reuse your passwords. If you're using a password in more than one location, uh, even if it's uh, you know, and, and I want to point out, because I keep hearing people doing this, they come up with a password, like, I'm just going to call it password123, and then to make it unique for each website, they'll go, like, for their Facebook password, it'll be password123Facebook, and then their Google password will be password123Google. That's awful. Please do Mm -hmm. not do that because it means one password needs to be stolen. And that means someone's got your password for everything else and can easily guess what your password might be. So use unique, you know, completely unique passwords for every different service you use that will certainly limit the kind of fallout of any kind of data breach that happens. Of course, bear in mind, you know, if you lose the password to your email account, bad times happens. And finally, I, I think this really should go without saying, like, just avoid these kind of devious forums like the plague. I know also people like to go and have a little poke around and see what these people are getting up to. But, you know, you're ending up connecting yourselves to these kind of these kind of groups. There's been plenty of takedowns of these kind of, uh, these kind of forums in recent months as well. Um, so, you know, don't go in, also, don't register, don't use your real name, don't give them passwords. It's a terrible idea. You're literally hanging out with con- hackers. Consider carefully <laughs> what the standard of the advice on these forums may be.
3: Yeah, <laughs> what, given given what you now know about yeah, exactly. <laughs> how the forum is administered, OG users breached twice with trivial yeah trivial attacks. What, as what well. do you think the sort of the proportion of people whose password was password one was in this breach versus like
2: <laughs> normal levels of? I don't know. You see, because the worst thing is, I find especially if it's throwaway accounts by um, people often they'll just use something really awful like that anyway because it's a throwaway account and they don't care. So I mean, it's hard to say I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do statistical analysis on the, the passwords
3: in this e- data even breach. Even that
2: even that itself clearly
3: identifies that people aren't using password managers. Yeah.
0: Mm. So, yeah, you
3: know, don't go on a forum and tell everybody about security and, you know, have a password that is password1 because it's a throwaway account. Because I have throwaway accounts and they've got 32 character passwords.
1: Yeah, exactly. Max it out. I mean, that's the power of a password manager. But there is really no such thing as a throwaway account, is there? Because it's still in some way related to you. And if anyone gets it, they can go into that account and masquerade as you, say things as you that you can't later on say. Thanks, Greg. You're welcome, Anna.
0: I I forgot to call you Fido then. That's
1: fine. I like when you use my actual name.
0: I don't. (laughs) Mark (laughs) Stockley.
2: Yes. How
0: are, uh, you were going to tell us how COVID-19 and TLS were related. I
3: am. So this is a a story from the fringes of the coronavirus pandemic, which is dictating so many parts of our lives Mm. right now. Mm -hmm. So... I don't need to tell our listeners they will be painfully aware of the very obvious effects of the virus and, you know, what it's doing to the way that we lead our lives and all that kind of thing. But on the fringes outside of that, it's kind of reaching into literally everything slowly. Uh, You know, everything is about coronavirus, wherever you look. And even in computer security, I mean, just over the last uh, month, I think everybody on this podcast will have just seen just the difference in traffic to naked security and what people are reading about. You know, if you follow what Sophos Labs talk about uh, on Sophos News, you'll see there's been an explosion in scams about Mm COVID-19. If you're on Twitter and you follow InfoSec people, you'll see that they're absolutely sick to the back teeth with people doing PR pitches to them about COVID-19. We've got ransomware gangs still attacking hospitals and, you know, the reaction to that, uh, and that includes things like the Cyber Threat Coalition, which is a group of people trying to get together, uh, you know, a sort of cross-industry group trying to combat that. And all of that stuff has happened in the space of about a month. Um, but what this story about is about is about how COVID-19 is even affecting the features that are included in your web browsers. And the feature I'm talking about is the one that you mentioned at the start, which is TLS, which stands for Transport Layer Security. And that's the protocol that sorts out the encryption between you and a web server when you use HTTPS. So when you, do your, when you web browse uh, securely, your computer negotiates an encrypted tunnel between your computer and a server. And then your, your web traffic sort of flies back and forth down that encrypted tunnel. And that's all sorted out by TLS you may be more familiar. Some people still use the word the uh, uh, the abbreviation SSL uh, rather than TLS, which is just a very, very old way of saying the same thing, essentially. So TLS 1.0 was defined in 1999, and that was a replacement for SSL 3.0. TLS 1.1 came along in 2006. And so what I'm trying to tell you, and I'm just bracing myself here for the old jokes, is that by internet standards, they're both pretty old.
0: Hooray, like you. There, there it is. is. <laughs> yeah,
2: Greg, you okay there, Mark? Do you need some yeah. burn ointment? <laughs> 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 Would you like guidance to the nearest burns unit?
3: <laughs> if you could, <laughs> if Don't you could let him see use me, Google I am. Maps. He doesn't understand. I am under uh, your advice, I am under a blanket on my sofa,
2: oh,
3: like a know?
0: little old lady. Yeah. Oh.
2: Is it anyway. quite tropically humid under there? It's just getting. It I mean, you anything
0: know, near Mark goes is like an oven. <laughs> Mark is like here, an oven. You just go near him and you're burnt. I right, do, I do, sister.
3: I do. I do struggle with the heat. You do. <laughs> I would definitely come from the sort of Neanderthal-like That's ice it. age dwelling yeah. uh, edge of the gene pool. Explains edge. the hairy knuckles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: And they do drag <laughs> back on the ground. to my
3: internet standards, guys.
0: Okay, as sorry, interesting as this
3: is, I want <laughs> to talk to you about internet standards. So these internet standards, they're pretty old, right? But perhaps most importantly, they both predate this uh, rash of really wonderfully named TLS attacks from the first half of the last decade. So we had Beast, uh, we had Lucky 13, and my favorite, possibly my favorite name for any attack anywhere ever is Poodle.
1: Or snigger it's just better even
0: than the long channel,
1: mark
3: uh, it- Wait,
0: no, i don't want to talk <laughs> about the scanners anymore okay <laughs> anyway
3: in mid-2018 pci dss <laughs> uh, the pci dss standard that governs the handling of credit card data ditched tls 1.0 uh in an october 2018 apple google microsoft and mozilla who obviously make most of the web browsers that we use, all announced that they were going to deprecate TLS 1.0 and 1.1 in March 2020. So those very old standards are considered uh, broken. There are attacks that target those standards. And basically everybody agreed a couple of years ago, right, we really need to see these things off. There are some perfectly good replacements in TLS 1.2 and 1.3. And that brings us to today because obviously March 2020 has now passed and the browser vendors haven't removed... TLS 1.0 and 1.1. And you might think that with so much of the world working from home and people the world over leaning really hard on the internet right now, that it would be a time for more security, not less. So what's up? Well, Microsoft said that they were doing this because of, quote, current global, global circumstances, Um, And Mozilla were a bit more forthcoming, and they said, we reverted the change for an undetermined amount of time to better enable access to critical government sites sharing COVID-19 information. So basically the browser vendors have backed off from removing TLS 1.0 and 1.1 because they're afraid that there may be government websites that people are relying on right now that don't support the newer protocols and Mm. that need the browsers to continue supporting uh, TLS 1.0 and 1.1 and under normal circumstances maybe the browser would just say, I'm, I'm sorry that's tough you've had plenty of time to upgrade but right now they are making what I think is a very sensible decision and what I think is an excellent example of putting computer security in its appropriate place and they're saying in the round this is a marginal improvement in security but actually if it affects your ability to get information about the coronavirus and COVID-19 by effectively removing your access to government websites, then that is much worse. Mm. Absolutely. It's the the kind of thinking uh, that I think we need to see more of. I think in, in computer security, particularly computer security on Twitter, there is a lot of currency in being extreme and having very strong opinions uh, and, you know, telling people what they must do and any kind of security uh, problem, no matter how big or how small, has to be dealt with in absolute terms. You know, if, if anything's got a problem, then it needs to be removed and got rid of straight away. And, um, and actually, that isn't the case. And I think this
2: is a great example. What do you guys think? I, I couldn't agree with you more on this actually. I I certainly think the, one of the big problems that happens with a lot of security is people kind of don't realize that the one of the major actions of security is the reduction of risk, right? We're about it's about to yeah. re- identify risks and reduce them wherever possible, but also to be to acknowledge when there is going to be residual risk that re- you know that remains and and what we can do to mitigate that going forward. And you know, they've identified that look, the risk of downgrade attacks and so on is pretty minimal because most services also like uh, on the back end servers you can legitimately just say well look, we don't support TLS You know, my web servers. I don't have support for those. It's just disabled. So there are good ways to mitigate these kind of risks for all those server admins admins out there that can do it. And I think what they've identified here is that during something like COVID, and you've got government websites that perhaps are still running TLS version 1.0 by default because they're supporting users with like screen readers or you know accessibility software or various other things that don't you know maybe aren't modern or aren't able to interact with these latter. Sorry, the more modern and uh, uh, All the admins realize. have just got better
1: things to do yeah. right now. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I think Absolutely. a great real-world analogy is what's happened in the UK with our fairly strict annual safety check for motor vehicles, is that the government said, you know what, we actually don't want people driving into test centres and handing over their cars, which other people have to get into. So what we're going to mm. do is yeah. we'll extend everybody's uh, test certificate for six months. You're still expected to, if, if you know your car's rotten, then you shouldn't drive it. But we're not going to force people to go and get them tested when the act of taking your car in could be worse than what's likely to happen otherwise.
0: Although I yeah. guess in that case, it's fewer, much, much fewer people are going to be using their cars. Where people, people are still going to be using these websites. So, what about the security risks that presumably by disallowing them, they're going to be uh, by still allowing this, they're going to be um, there's still the risks associated that they wanted to get rid of in the first place.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's predominantly going to be like man-in-the-middle man attacks, down, um, sort of uh, downgrade attacks so that, you know, if you're trying to interact with a service, and someone man, is man-in-the-middle your connection, they can try and negotiate you to downgrade uh, your TLS session to a weaker, known, vulnerable version uh, and then try and, bre- you know, break it that way, break the encryption on it that way. But I, I, I still think that, you know, the, 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 yeah. the, that kind of a scale attack is is not as
1: widespread. Agreed. I think if the problem was that there were a significant, there was a significant number of Government sites that, for example, did not have TLS at all, and that people might go to those, then I yeah. think you would reach a different mm-hmm. conclusion because there'd be a danger that somebody could create fake results very easily and stick them in. But remember, yeah. deprecating TLS 1.0 and 1.1 or, or stopping them in browsers, it's something that was about to happen. We've been living with those for the past N years, and yeah. we don't have you know, widespread abuse of them. It's not that easy to get a hack together that's based based on one of these downgrade attacks. And in any case, many browsers already yep. have mitigations, strong mitigations against mm-hmm. the attacks that Mark was talking about earlier. See, I agree with Greg and, and Mark. I think, you know, the, the the benefits do seem clearly to outweigh the risks here. There isn't a clear and yeah. present danger that we all have to protect against, or there is, and it's the one that we want people to get reliable information about. And forcing government websites to make emergency changes uh, could actually make things even worse because it's hard to do things right when you're in a I, I
3: think I think we could all do a lot worse than, than copy what the big browser vendors are doing even the unpopular ones just in terms of the way that they seem to approach things because I, I feel like they have real skin in the game
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: they're dependent on very very large numbers of users uh, and the way that they win those users is with privacy and security and they tend to make very very pragmatic choices you know they're not Constant, they're, they're often doing things that are counterintuitive like uh making the um extended validation uh, tls certificates uh, less and less prominent uh, and by uh, you know switching the idea of http being uh, normal and https being some kind of exception so that https is normal and http is the exception and then over time that turning into actually that's a problem that They seem to have a very, very pragmatic approach to security, and they they seem to do a good job of increasing security overall uh, without putting anybody's nose too far out of joint and Mm -hmm. without stopping the train. You know, I think I think computer security at its worst stops things from happening yeah, security is a security yeah.
2: stake, right? Where they're like, exactly. "Oh, well, this is there is a there is a vulnerability in this." Thus, isn't it dreadful? Everyone, you know, must go panic and shout and you know and point fingers and blame and so on. Yeah, you know, I think what people seem to forget is that again, it's about risk. You know, what mm. is the likelihood of this being, uh, you know, taken advantage of? You know, I, I think in many cases these kind of downgrade attacks, I believe, need people to be, you know, on a network that some attacker can, sorry, an adversary controls. And it's like, well, if everyone's stuck at home and not going out to like coffee shops and connecting to rogue One, and so on again you know you can make an informed and educated decision that like hey you know this is actually reduced risk right now with people not hopping from network to network and so on they're on their home networks uh yeah that 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 the pressure to get this, you know, the, these old sort of uh, uh, versions of TLS kicked out the browser is not as pressing as other matters. Um, I always find, I mean, I'm a big Mozilla fanboy. I'm very honest about that because I, I've been using Mozilla I technology. I think stints. you've ever mentioned that before. <laughs> I think you've been on the podcast. I think I've, I've talked about this a few times. But like, I think it's always really interesting to look at the browser vendors in these instances because they've been making tech and then been deploying it to you know millions and millions of users. In this way, since like Netscape, and I find it you know back in like the early '90s, and I find it really interesting because this is since this mosaic, you know, cello mosaic, Thank you. right? Yeah. Well, it's called Mozilla because it was Mosaic killer, you know. Um, so it, it is really interesting to see you know, how the browser vendors approach these kind of problems because I think a lot of us in the hardcore security space would probably see this as like, well, this is a mistake. They should be focusing on security and security for security.
1: That would be a bit like saying now is the right time to tell everybody to abandon SMS-based two-factor authentication. Yeah, yeah whereas exactly in fact right, can actually yeah, help exactly. us more whereas, than not having so- it at all.
2: Exactly. It's, it, it is all about looking at the risks and seeing what's the best way to reduce them. And right now they see the, the real risks being to individuals, you know, health and, 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 and their, their access to sort of information from public services. Is, and that's way more important than trying to mitigate some sort of downgrade attacks, which, you know, are alter, hopefully going to be relatively unlikely given the current climate. Mm. Now, that said, if you're an admin of one of these government websites, look.
3: Uh, We understand that you're under a lot of pressure, but the browser vendors have done their part. They have uh, given you a stay of execution, but you still need to find time to uh, sort your server configuration out and make sure that you can support TLS 1.2 and 1.3, preferably 1.3, so that we can all eventually get on and get rid of these old insecure versions of TLS. Here ends the public service message.
0: Well, thank you, Mark.
3: <laughs> also, um, if you're an admin of one of these websites, I've heard about this fantastic new form of authentication that you might want to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mark, you're going to be investing, aren't you?
2: <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Doug, <laughs> talk to us about the dangers of jumping you know, I to I have conclusions. to settle my mind
1: first. I've got some uh, strange visual imagery yeah I just thought that it would be it, this would be a, uh, a nice opportunity to talk about what I believe uh, studies studies of logic call post hoc ergo propter hoc and the reason you have to say it in Latin is you want it to sound a bit pompous because when you translate it it's pretty obvious that it ain't gonna work it stands for afterwards therefore because of and it's that fallacy that that, that thing that we easily fall into where when something goes wrong, We look at the last thing that happened beforehand and we assume that that was to blame, particularly if other people are piling in to say, yes, the same thing happened to me. What a surprise. Mm -hmm. I got up this Mm -hmm. morning and the sun was in the sky my goodness, I better not lie in bed or the sun won't rise. And of course, the problem, the logical fallacy is that if X follows Y, then it could not have caused it. But if X precedes Y, may or may not have caused it. And the real problem, this has always been a hassle for people who work in tech support. I remember that from my days, was for a few gloriously powerful years in charge of support at Sophos. And we regularly had to deal with people who insisted that the last thing they did before their Windows blue screen was install an antivirus. Um, And so therefore, it was obviously the antivirus (laughs) that was going to be at fault. Oh, by the way, when the crash list happened, guess what was on the list? The antivirus I just installed. Well, of course, the words Microsoft Windows were on the list as well, and a whole load of other drivers besides. So it's easy to jump to conclusions. And the problem is not just that you can end up blaming someone who is completely innocent which is you know, morally and ethically unfair, but you can spend ages looking for a solution that is absolutely never going to work. And all the time you spend doing that is time wasted. And the reason this jumped out at me in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, exacerbated by the fact that people are now working from home and looking for new software they've never had before is, of course, that big House Party story we wrote about recently where Mm. suddenly millions of people who'd never heard of House Party before, the informal... It's sort of like Zoom or Skype video calling, but completely informally. It's a fun app. It doesn't have any known vulnerabilities that I'm aware of. But suddenly, because people are installing it and then getting phishing emails, they assume that somehow the phishing phishers must have got their details from installing the app. And you kind of think, you know, when millions of people are installing an app for the first time and Billions of people are receiving the same phishing scams that they have for years. There are bound to be thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people who see what we like to call a coincidence. And the thing with coincidence is, is that it's... It's when they absolutely stop happening that you should get worried, rather than when they do happen. So it's just a little bit of warning about trying to troubleshoot by assuming, "Oh, it's something that I changed." That might be the cause, but it very much might not be.
0: It's it's like the old is your, is your phone listening absolutely, to you? Absolutely, yes. I isn't
1: it? I I I was I I suddenly decided to talk about horses. To my spouse, for the first time ever, we were just discussing horsiness You know, it's not that funny.
3: <laughs> is it? Is it because of the lockdown? You just run out of stuff to say. <laughs> We've all, you're like, I'm, I'm going to have to no, horse riding on <laughs> private this. ways
1: because it keeps you out of the way of people. But occasionally, you'll pass people who are riding on a horse, and I'll come home, and I might say to my missus, "Hey, I passed someone on a horse today," and you know, it hasn't happened for ages. And then, lo and behold, if I get an ad on my phone, the next ad I see in my free email or whatever if it if it relates to anything remotely horsey like maybe they're selling waxed jackets it's easy to go woo hoo like anna mm. said oh golly it must have been listening yeah. to me but
2: who would who would be that foolish
1: well, uh, you say that most people yes, have
2: experienced Mark. this in some capacity. Like if anyone's bought a car before, you know how you never really spot a car and then the moment you buy a new car, you see everyone else has your car, right? Exactly. It suddenly becomes, it surfaces itself in your kind of mind's eye and you're thinking about it. And the same thing, you know, someone's like, oh, I just signed up to a new site and now I've had a, uh, an account taken over. They're seeing those kind of commonalities. They're seeing patterns which don't exist, but they're just putting, you know, putting, putting things together in their head because of recent events that have happened to them and what's, you know, so, the problem of mind. That um,
3: example- I don't
0: think Mark is calling anyone foolish other than me he's trying to be mean to me is what he's saying
3: the, the is, problem is, with is your you example all? Greg is that I went to college uh, in Middlesbrough in the 90s and if you saw lots of people in your car then then that was because there were lots of people in your car What?
2: <laughs> was this because you got the first car sorry was this the 1890s I'm sorry I'm not <laughs> sure which century we were on about here
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. driving <laughs> other people's driving? cars
2: without asking them was very popular
3: uh, back then in wow. that particular area
0: in the times, it's because they didn't have locks on the doors of the cars. I can they hadn't see
1: how people yet. get sucked into this. It, it's really easy, particularly if you've ever, you know, if you are in IT and you have ever done a bit of programming, you know that often what you will do is you introduce some changes, you redo your tests, and if something breaks that didn't break before, then you assume there's a good chance that it's something in your new code, and you try removing that code and then putting bits of it back until the break happens again and you narrow in on what caused the problem. And in many cases, it will be the change that caused the problem. The hassle here is that what people are doing is they're just looking for an explanation. A journalist I was talking to the other day about this very issue said, yeah, yeah it's a pity, isn't it? It's it's kind of people like the easy explanation because... It kind of means that then they've solved the problem, they can put it to to bed, they can send an innocent person to prison, but the murderer is still walking around amongst us. He didn't say that. That's my analogy, and maybe I overstretched it a bit. But let me read you an example, and I hope I'm not offending the the, the person who left this comment on naked security. I absolutely see where you're coming from in saying this, but it's dangerous reasoning, And, and, and let's just go through that. He said, we'd written about a data breach in which a tax management company had leaked a whole load of data that have been shared with them by dozens of different um, financial processing companies. Uh, but they had not, fortunately, they had not leaked credit card numbers, full credit card numbers, or the CVV that you would need, the code on the bank that you need online. Those are not stored. So that breach could not, in my opinion, directly explain anybody's credit card being fraudulently used immediately afterwards. But what this guy decided, he said, hey, no, no, this was a big deal. Uh, today, an order was placed on my redacted account for $900, which is included a redacted product. I called them up and they said they were not breached, but I went to my Google account and checked the security and it alerted me that my redacted account had been recently breached. They clearly got my redacted card details and email from this breach. Mm. And so he's going and and so what he did he he meant well. He said, "So Obviously, what he assumed, it was because the, the, the payment provider he'd been using, you know how you can, you can type in your card number and get them to store it for next time? So his fix was, don't put your card number into uh, the, uh, a payment processor. Type it in every time. Now, A, if this breach was where his data got ripped off, not putting his card number into the merchant site would not have helped because the breach came from somewhere else. And secondly, it's extremely unlikely that that is any kind of explanation here. What's very, very much more likely is that this poor chap was fished by at one time, now he's having to buy things online, he'd put in his yeah. full credit card number, his expiry date, and his CVV code, which no mainstream merchant would think of saving these days, that he's put them into a fake site. And at some later time, which just happens to be around the time this breach came out, the crooks got on to selling that data and it got abused. And so it is not only a coincidence, Mm -hmm. it's the wrong explanation. And the behavior change he's now preaching to other people with what he thinks is evidence is actually not going to help at all, In this case...
2: Yeah, I mean, especially going back to some of these house party stories, because I mean, I got inundated with messages from like friends and family asking, like, "Oh, have they been hacked?" And uh, you know, I, I did my did my investigation. I looked around the internet. I looked for any anyone with any shred of evidence to actually highlight that they had been breached, and I didn't find a single drop of evidence. And so it leads me back to what I, I still blame is a lot of account hijacks are based on. Is that I, I've seen studies that have shown like 80, upwards of like eighty three percent of people reuse passwords and sites wow it's coming down like, you know if you're if you're oh, using the yeah. same <laughs> <Poor laughs> joke well, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's true but but that that ridiculousness of you know someone's like oh my account got hijacked and I'm like well do you reuse a password on any other service and they're like oh yeah I have my password it's like well that's that might be what the real fact here is is that you know your reuse has finally caught up with you you know especially when you know the the, the, the kind of the access of data you know data breaches uh, for password lists and the there's like really trivial tools like sniper and and uh, I can't think of actually any other credential stuffing tools, but but yeah, like, you know, simple credential stuffing tools that, that take all these data breaches, take the usernames and passwords and then find their way into any accounts that they can. It's really trivial. You know, this password reuse is one of the biggest culprits for people's accounts being hijacked. And I think this, to try and distract everyone to talk about, oh, well, so-and-so has been hacked and so on doesn't detract from the fact, it's like, well, why are you reusing passwords in the first place? You know, if, you know, they used your um, house party password to then log into your Netflix account, and the problem there is also not just that if someone potentially got hacked, which doesn't seem to be the case, but that you've reused the same password on two services, and that mm. and that's an even bigger mistake. So I think yeah, one of the important things we need to do is to not jump to conclusions and point the finger of blame at someone being hacked or whatnot. But to just keep hounding out like we do every single week is do the basics, right? Don't reuse passwords. Use a password manager. Enable two-factor authentication. All of these things are, will do, you know, massively will, will improve your security posture, which pointing fingers of blame and, and talking about who's been hacked and who might have been breached just doesn't offer us any improvement on our security whatsoever.
1: Here's another example that we got on Naked Security. This particular person said, look, I installed the House Party app a week ago, and then for the first time ever. In my life, somebody tried an Instagram reset, password reset, on my account. What's the chance of that? Now, of course, you don't need any you can attempt to password reset on somebody's email account just by clicking the password reset button and putting in an email account. And pretty much everybody's email account is on some spammers list these days. So in this case, there's no obvious connection at all between installing one app and and somebody clicking the password reset button. And if you've got your email address secure enough, then the password reset process has saved you because it told you first and gave you a chance to do nothing and it wouldn't happen. Uh, to
3: all the, To all the house party app users who are um, concerned and running around with their hair on fire about the fact that it's, you know, they've been hacked um, – I think asking those guys to use uh, password managers and not reuse passwords, as uh, I just don't think it's working. You know, we say the same thing every mm. week. Um, so I think that you guys who are worried about that, you need to start no, thinking God. about alternative forms of authentication. <laughs> um, and it so happens that I have uh, recently discovered a fantastic and promising new technology. Uh, that I think you need to go and take a serious Actually, look if at. I can,
1: Mark, if I can what, restore that, everyone's faith in humanity a little bit <laughs> at this point, the good news out of all of this is once the House Party story started calming down a bit, actually loads of people kind of did a kind of counter-reaction on Twitter saying things like, you know what, I installed House Party two weeks after after my Netflix account was hacked so and nobody's suggesting that it's the other way around and somebody Mm. who bless their hearts went on naked security and said (laughs) you know this seemed to happen to me words to that effect blah 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 I wasn't ready to blame it but he said but I am one of those people who does use the same password for all my entertainment stuff which is how my Netflix must have got hacked it's stupid I know and I have learned my lesson so good on you
0: there you go that's a nice story to end it on and also, scan your buttholes. <laughs> Mark, where can we find yeah. you on social media?
3: You can find me on Instagram under at internetofhens.
2: You can see my new irrigation system.
0: Oh, I've seen it. Fido?
2: Uh, you can <laughs> find me on Twitter as at secbug, uh, short for securitybug. You can also find me on Reddit as slash you slash secbug.
0: Paul Ducklin?
1: at duckblog on twitter at p ducklin on instagram and i just want to see if our listeners can guess what our next splinter episode might be about
0: (laughs) oh my god i'd love that mark um i would i've just laughed at your irrigation system and while it wasn't that interesting to me what was interesting is the double yoke which you shared oh yes i was interested thank you I'm at Anna Brady on Twitter and we are, of course, at Naked Security on Twitter. Thank you to Produce Alice for editing this beast and making sure it goes out on time. If you can find time in your busy schedule of doing nothing, please subscribe, rate and review our podcast. It helps others find the podcast and helps us to keep making this show. Go watch Duck on his Facebook Live videos, which he does weekly on his little exercises. Um, also, take a look at his... 60 Second Security videos which cover the top news in one minute they're posted on YouTube as well as Instagram Twitter and Facebook don't forget to visit the original source of our news nakedsecurity.sophos.com and until next time stay safe and stay inside